that he's writing to the church at Philippi in the way of a thank you note. Uh, He's been imprisoned in Rome, and the church in Philadelphia, uh, Philippi, where he established that church on his first missionary journey, and they recognized that Paul was imprisoned and they wanted to do something, so they sent Epaphroditus to him with a gift, and uh, Epaphroditus got there, was with Paul, got got sick and needed to go back home. And so Paul wrote this letter so that he could thank them, and Epaphroditus was the one who carried it back. Um, this uh, passage that, uh, that Phil read uh, is significant for for us today, just as it was for the church in Philadelphia. Uh, They were living under Roman rule. There was a lot of uh, conflict and uh, difficulty for anybody who identified as a Christ follower. And so this is where we want to focus our attention today in the way of living one day at a time. But if you could imagine with me for a moment that you are part of a community theatrical group and you have been practicing now for months to be part of... My mic's not working? (laughs) It's working? Oh, this one works. You mean it? It's a dance I do. It says mute on. How about mute off? There we go. (laughs) Which reminds me of a joke. Guy sitting in the front row in church. Pastor is going on and on and on and on. He's looking at his watch on and on and on. But he doesn't realize that everybody behind him is feeling the same thing. Finally, the guy way in the back picks up a hymnal and throws it as hard as he can toward the preacher. And the poor guy in the front row hits him right in the back of the head. He says, hit me again, I can still hear him. (laughs) At any rate... (laughs) You know what I love about this church? This is it right here. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, I want to talk about living an intentional life, and in doing that, I'm suggesting that you're in this theatrical group, and you have a part in this play. You, you've worked on your lines so that you know them well, And you know the blocking on the stage, where you're supposed to be. So you're feeling pretty comfortable about what you're doing. And then, uh, opening day for the play is just around the corner. And tonight you're doing the dress rehearsal. And so just before the curtain's about to go up, you're thinking... The auditorium will be empty. The director will be out there. If we're not quite right, well, he'll get us straightened out.
But the director comes to you and says, uh, I have to tell you that out in the audience today for our rehearsal, there is a talent angel who has flown in from New York. And he is very interested in watching you for a place on Broadway. Would that change a dress rehearsal for you? Because what happens in that next two hours might change your whole life. Well, I want to suggest this morning that uh, if you can imagine something different, if you can imagine that it's not a local community theater you're involved in, but imagine that you're performing today for the potential of the rest of your life. And that is really a fact. What you do today is the potential to affect the rest of your life. This is not a dry run. It's not a practice deal. It's the real thing. And uh, it's, it's every day, day after day for us. The uh, tendency that we have sometime is to, to think that, well, we'll have another chance. I mean, today is just today. Tomorrow will we'll come and we'll do better tomorrow. But when we live that way, we really miss out on arriving at all the potential that God has for us. And uh, we have to focus on the idea that today is a day. That's what Scripture teaches. In fact, uh, Scripture tells us, it calls us, reminds us that today is today. And so I want to suggest this morning that we think about the power of intentional living. All the things that uh, life brings to us, and it does bring them to us in, in some time in mass confusion and makes things kind of fuzzy for us. You know, on a cold morning here a little bit ago, the car wouldn't start. Uh, you know, uh, things were freezing. Teenagers are going to be home from school for another day. Um, those kind of things are happening to you, and they just keep coming at you. But we need to remember, today is the rest of your life. And so, Matthew, in Matthew 26 and verse 24, Jesus says this. He says, you can't serve two masters. Because you will love one and hate the other. And so the writer of Hebrews encourages us when he tells us in this 12th chapter in the second verse to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And there we will be able to go and identify and pursue our life purpose. God has called you personally to reach to reach for that purpose so that you might receive every good and perfect gift that he has promised you. And the divining characteristic that ought to be for every church and every Christian is that we demonstrate and show love. 
that people ought to recognize the church as see how they love one another. That people ought to be able to look at us and see Christ reflected from our lives. And uh, when we focus on this one life to live, as Hebrews tells us, uh, the psalmist adds to that in Psalm 90 and verse 12. He says, teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. And really that psalm gives us an opportunity to look at a two-sided meaning there. One side of it is it's telling us your days have brevity attached to them. Number your days. And then the other part of that allows us to look at it and it says help plan your days then accordingly because you only have so many. And in order to be all that we can be and to learn to live uh, as we should to the fullest, it, it should be that we live and go about life being intentional. And so today, I want, I want to talk to you about living to make the most out of every day. How do you make the most out of the day? How do you seize the day and make each and every day count for the glory of God? Uh, in order to do that, I want to suggest some daily resolutions that you might make. Um, it was interesting. I went and got my hair cut this week. <laughs> Paid a finder fee. Uh, but when I went in, I, I started talking with my barber, and just right off the top, don't know why he said this, he just said to me, he said, you know, I pray every morning to start with a good day. I thought, well, how many people do that? Every morning we start out and pray about the day before us, you know, before it's even begin to unfold. And in order for this uh, to take place, um, we need to be thinking with intentionality about the day before us. So the first resolution that we ought to make, beginning early, is to put the past behind us. Um, there's two ways to look at the past. Neither one of them serves us very well. One of them is to look at the past and go, oh, the past. The mistakes that I made, the wrong things that I did, the words that I wished I'd never spoken, uh, all of those wrong things, those sins that I've committed, all of those things become a drag on our life. Causes us to feel guilty, ashamed, and prevents us from moving ahead. And then the other way to look at this is that sometimes we want to cling to the past we want to dwell on it and say, well, I had it so good back then. I had more money. Uh, our marriage was thriving. Uh, I had that great job. Um, things were just wonderful back then, but not so now. Those two things about our past will only drag us down. And so the Apostle Paul is clear in verse 7 when he says, but whatever was to my profit, 
I now consider it loss for the sake of Christ. What's more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surprising greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So I'm saying that if you want your life to go where God wants it to go, you need to make a daily resolve to put the past behind you. Don't carry the baggage. I used to say to people, you know, put it behind you once and for all. I don't say that anymore. I say once and again, because that ugly past will keep coming around and haunting you. And when it does, reject it. Put it behind you and move forward. Um, It was 1929, the Rose Bowl game in 1929. I don't know if anybody saw that. Yeah, Virgil saw it. Georgia Tech was playing California, and just before the end of the second half, Roy Regalis recovered a fumble. And when he got up, he was confused. And he began running, and he was having a great run. He had just covered 65 yards in the wrong direction until one of his teammates tackled him. He was two yards from the goal line, which meant that there were 98 yards now to go. The horrible part beyond that is that California had to give up the ball to Georgia Tech, and they scored a touchdown before the end of the first half. They went into the locker room, and here's poor Roy over in the corner, head in his hands, crying. The rest of the room is absolutely silent. The coach does not make his usual halftime talk to the players. And now the time is up, and it's time for the team to go back onto the field. The coach jumps up and he says, the first string team will take the field in the second half. And so as the team begins to move out, Roy still sits over in the corner. He lifts up his head and he says to the coach, I can't go. I've ruined my team. And his coach said to him, Roy, it's only the second half. You belong on the field. And I, I want us to be able to think today that today is beginning of the second half. And we need to put the past behind us and we need to get out onto the playing field. Our responsibility is to be the reflection of Christ to the world around us. So, That leads me to my second point, and that is that uh, we need to take the road before us, the road before us, and, uh, you know, for Roy, it was to get back into the game. For you and I, it's maybe just get up and go back tomorrow to... 
go to work, go to school, go to the job, the next sales call. What's the next ministry opportunity that God has for you? And to take the road that is before you. It's important for us, even if all of your life has been spent running the wrong way, to, uh, to find yourself now, you know, if you feel like you've been tackled on the two-yard line, to get up and start a new day. Because Scripture says today is today. It is the first day of the second half of your life. And the Apostle Paul understood that. Taking the road before him, uh, he kept, he, you know, if he kept looking over his shoulder, he'd have been looking back. I was the one who persecuted the church. I was the one who was hunting down Christians and taking their lives. But Paul was pressing forward. Paul understood that he could take the road before him now and not look over his shoulder. And that's why verses 13 and 14, he says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So let me ask you, what could you do today? What thing could you do today that would reflect God's glory and give him praise? We need, to, uh, we need to be paving that path forward in front of us. We need to ask ourselves, you know, I, wa- I want today to be a day where I'm headed in a direction where I am walking closer with Christ. You know, maybe, maybe today you want to set a goal. You just want to say, I want to, I want to memorize a Bible verse a week. It doesn't, you know, I know memory work is hard, especially in this day and age. I don't even know Charlotte's phone number. She's just favorite number one. That's all I have to know. But with all this technology, there's this great phone app you can get to do Bible memory verses. You pick the verse, it puts it in, and all you've got to do is just hit the key for the first letter in every word. It's really simple because it's right up there in front of you. Until they start taking words out, then it's a little more challenging. And then it reminds you on your phone, oh yeah, I haven't reviewed that verse lately. You should do that. It's a great app. <laughs> I got to run off track for a second. I, gotta, I, have a, I have a new Bible. Came in and showed it to Pastor Phil here a couple weeks ago. Um, in the side margin on my Bible, it's called the Filament Bible. I hold my phone over it and take a picture of the page number. And then I have a study, a resources, a map, uh, the Bible project. All of this stuff for everything that's on that page comes up on my phone. You don't have to own Pastor Phil's library or mine. You can have it all on your phone. It's an incredible tool. Okay, back to every day. 
<laughs> so there's good things you can do, you know, to uh, to be pleasing to God. And if you, you do that on a daily basis, you take the road before you, you set out in the morning to go, the past is behind me and I am moving forward. I am on a path pursuing the purpose for which God has called you. Each of us has a purpose. You know, that's clear in Scripture. All of us have a purpose. God has called us. If He's called us to love others. It's a great place to begin. And then the third thing I want to take note of here is that uh, aim for that which is beyond you. Uh, another way to say it is to keep reaching for what is above you. Stretching. Reaching. Uh, in verse 14, Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Whenever God is calling you, he's calling you to stretch. To press forward. To reach. In fact, Paul makes it plain in verse 12. He says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which for Christ Jesus took hold of me. There's a purpose. And in verse 13, he says, brothers, I don't want you to consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal. And in the King James, it says straining. In the NIV, it says reaching. Either way, God is calling us to move above and beyond ourselves. And it may seem, you know, like, how how is that ever going to happen? Well, we ought to be striving to make this marriage relationship better. We ought to be striving to make this impossible business plan work. We ought to be striving to attain and reach success that God has called us to. And so seizing the day means that each day we dare to reach again for something that is above ourselves, to reach beyond what is our grasp. Um, I I, uh, I graduated from high school, magna cum luck, and um, then after I got out of high school, I decided that I wanted to be a mechanical engineer, and I discovered that I'd never even taken algebra. The only thing I was interested in high school was to have the right grade average to be involved in sports. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to be a mechanical engineer, I'll have to take algebra. So I took algebra one and two at the same time. I passed. I reached. That was way beyond me. Calculus was a different story. Um, when I was going to school, I had to take two years of Koine Greek. But, well, I'll take that on. I discovered that I had to learn English before I could learn Greek. 
And I think back about those days, and those days were days of constantly pressing on. Always something focused ahead and even beyond my reach. What is God challenging you with? And you might think, well, that's beyond my reach. Let me tell you, God will give you everything that your faith will cause you to pursue. In 1960, Dashraf Manji, who was a common laborer in Gilor Hills in Marat, India, lived in a community that was somewhat remote. They were isolated from the nearest village that offered vital services by a 300-foot mountain. And so the only way that they could access these vital services was to walk 35 miles around the mountain. Well, Dashra thought that if they could make a tunnel through the mountain it would be a much shorter distance to those vital services. So he sold some of his goats. He got a hammer and a chisel. And every night after work, he would hammer with his chisel. He started chipping away in 1960. And in 1961, he was still chipping away. And in 1962, he was still chipping away. And jumping ahead a couple of decades, in 1980, he was still chipping away. In 1981, he was still chipping away. In 1982, he finished the tunnel. It was a road 30 feet wide and 25 feet high. I don't know if they named the tunnel after him, but they should have. Focused. Living an intentional life. With a purpose. So the people don't have to go 35 miles. They only have to go 9 miles. What an example of reaching beyond you. What an example of making the most out of every day. So can you carve a mountain or a a tunnel through a 300 foot mountain? Yes, you can. You can do it with a hammer and a chisel. And a lot of time. If there's one thing I've learned, I've learned this, that good things don't happen like that. It takes time. It takes work. But it takes work one day at a time, pursuing a purpose. And our purpose ought to be to reflect Christ to the world that's around us. The more that we get to know Him, the better we reflect and we become. 
And so I want to encourage you with this in mind. Today is today. It's not a dress rehearsal. It's the real thing. It's the rest of your life. When our days are numbered, none of us knows the number. But we want to plan accordingly. And so, today matters. It matters. What can you do today that would cause you to reflect Christ more and give him glory. My uh, my snowblower let me down a couple of weeks ago now when we had that snow. And uh, I thought, you know, I'm kind of used to doing my own thing. And my neighbor calls me up and says, hey, your snowblower's broken, isn't it? I said, yep. He said, shovel your driveway. And he did. Great neighbor. And then I'm thinking, well, who's going to do the front walk? Charlotte did. Yeah, good for Charlotte. Yeah. (laughs) Did you see this, this thing on YouTube where this guy wanted to have a Super Bowl party? So he went out and bought four Patriot jerseys and uh, then went out on the street and found four homeless people, put the jerseys on them, and took them to a feast and a a Super Bowl party. What an incredible thing to do. You know, what did I think of that? What could you do today? For God's glory. Where is God using you? What purpose does he have in mind? Where's the next ministry challenge? How are you preparing for that? Today is today. And it is the beginning of the second half. The rest of your life. And so. I want to encourage you. To make every endeavor to live with intentionality. When you get up in the morning, throw the past behind you. Yesterday doesn't count because today is today. And then I want to encourage you to take this road that is before you. What can you do? Where can you go? How can you accomplish things for his glory? And do things that are beyond your reach. And God will get great glory. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Thank you that you are more than faithful. And that you have called each of us with a number of days. But most important, you've given us today. Use us so that we reflect your son. And we would give you our praise and thanks, even for the privilege. And we do it today in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.